Good morning on this Tuesday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Thank you for joining us. If you've been joining us in the past few studies and you know we've been talking about, Jesus always had the exact word to say. We learned from the book of Isaiah chapter 50 in verses uh, 4 and 5 how he was always prepared because he was given the tongue of the learned and he was having uh, he was given the ear that was awakened every single morning to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying in his life. And then, of course, throughout the day, he was always very conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and would only say and would only do what he heard and what he saw, which is very difficult because we're very independent human beings and we want to do our own thing, say our own thing. We want to establish our own opinion many of the times. Well, that's in the life of Jesus. Let's look at the life of the the apostles. In the book of Acts, in chapter 4, verse 7, we find the story of a man that had been crippled and had been uh, put at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And it says, starting in verse 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by what name have you done this? Now, this should sound familiar to us because we're going to be looking at the counterpart where Jesus is actually asked the same thing. Who, who, where'd you get your authority? Who, who gave you your authority? And then, of course, Jesus does answer. We'll be looking at that in Matthew. But in verse number 8, it says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Right there is the key. Not Peter uh, going back to his seminary training or going back to his educational uh, studies in psychological, social behavior. None of that. Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them. See, right there. In Jesus, we didn't have to see him filled with the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost 24-7. There was no non-stop, there was no leaking of the Holy Spirit out of the life of Jesus, if such a thing could even be spoken of. But we are to continually be filled and full of the Holy Spirit. That means it's like a battery. For whatever reason, we drain out, but we're not supposed to, but we do. But nonetheless, it says, And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Verse number 9. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole? He's going to have an answer for them. Be it known unto you, all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. They asked him a question, they interrogated him, and he gave them an answer. It's not the answer they were looking for, it's not the answer that they wanted, but Peter was very, very, very clear Through the Holy Spirit, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they hated Jesus. 
And for them to even bring up his name is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, he's already crucified. He's dead. He's buried. He's gone. Uh, we want to know who gave you this authority. How are you doing these things? But he doesn't stop there. He points out whom you crucified. You were responsible, you leaders, for sending him to Calvary, to sending him to the cross. Even though it was the Roman soldiers that crucified him, you were responsible for accusing him falsely and sending him there. But he doesn't even stop there. He says, whom God raised from the dead. Wow. I mean, this is really throwing uh, a monkey wrench in their whole mechanical gear work. This is just going to throw them off balance. Because they knew and they saw that Jesus was dead. He was buried. He was, that was the end of it. But all of a sudden, Peter is answering their question. Not only you, but I want all the people of Israel to know that by the name of Jesus Christ, by the name, by the authority, by the power that is vested in that name that he has given to the body of Christ, to the church, to the individual believer, you and I. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. He identifies him clearly. They knew that he was of Nazareth because they said, what what good thing comes out of Nazareth? No, there's nothing good coming out of Nazareth. There's no prophecy that says that the Messiah is going to come out of Nazareth. It says that the, prophet, the, the, the prophecy says that he is going to come out of Bethlehem. So this cannot be the true Messiah. But they forgot. They did not know. He had been born in Bethlehem, but he was raised in the city of Nazareth. It says, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead. That, that stings, especially to hear. The devil hears that echoed over and over and over. And to him, it is a horrific sentence because it meant his demise. It meant the keys that he had had authority over mankind with had been taken away. Also, the keys of hell and death have been taken away. And the grave one day will have to also submit and subject itself to the voice of the Master when he says to those that are dead in Christ, Come up! It'll have to obey. He says, Whom God raised from the dead. Then all of a sudden, he identifies him by him. In other words, this Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, he is alive. It's not just his name that we use, but it is the very individual person himself. Even by him does this man stand here before you whole. In other words... I have told you, you asked me the question, I've given you the answer, and the evidence is right in front of your eyes. It is undisputable. It is undeniable. You cannot erase it away. You cannot counter it. This man you all had seen for so many years in front of the gate beautiful, being crippled. Now he is completely whole. You asked me how. I'm telling you, it was by him, the one you crucified. God raised him from the dead. He is alive. This man does stand here before you whole. 
Wow. What a way to respond to such a question. What a way to respond with such evidence that is undeniable, undisputable. It cannot be countered, especially when you're looking at the evidence standing right in front of you. That was there. That was there. Evidence and proof. In verse number 11, this is the stone which was set for nothing of you, of the build of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And they knew the scriptures of the Old Testament, and they knew where that comes from, and they understood exactly what that meant. But now, all of a sudden, in verse 12, he really gives them a bombshell. He really lets it come home and lets them know, hey, I want you to know where we stand right now. We've already crossed beyond the middle of the path. We're already on the other side. I told you it was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I told you you crucified him. And I told you that God raised him from the dead. And that's why he is standing here. But I want to tell you something about his name. It says in verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other Oh, that must have really hit it home. He is literally telling them there is no rescue. There is no safety. Whether it's physical or moral, there is no deliverance. There is no health. There is no uh, way to be saved. There is no other. There is none. For there is no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. Of course, the word salvation that was used there and the word saved uh, are actually two little different words uh, as far as uh, in their corresponding uh, placement in the concordance. But the Apostle Peter tells them, you asked me and I told you that by the name of Jesus Christ, now I'm going to explain to you what that name means. That name means that there is no way to escape judgment. There is no way of being delivered or protected. Because there is no other name. There is no other name. It doesn't matter how holy you have kept God's name and held him, His name in esteem. It doesn't matter uh, what other name that you've taken up or what other name that you've studied under. There is no other name except the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That is the only name. There is no other. And there is no name that is given under heaven. That means for us that live here on earth among men. And it says that is the only name that is given where we can be saved from. We can be saved. Soso. S-O-Z-O is the word that is used there. And like the other word, it means to deliver, to protect, to heal. It, 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 it means to preserve, to be well, to make whole. And that is exactly what we need to be, we need in our life. We need to be made whole in our spirit, in our soul, and in our body. Healing in our body, healing in our soul,
and the renewing of the mind and complete being reborn of the spirit or what some would call regeneration. We must be saved. We must be saved. In order to escape the corruption of this world, in order to escape the future judgment at the white throne judgment, in order to do these things, we must be saved. We must be born again. We must be born again. Without being born again, we neither can see the kingdom of heaven that is within you, neither can we enter into it. It is necessary that we be born again, that we be saved. And then it says in verse number 13 of Acts chapter 4, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Notice that. Oh, these guys can't be educated. See, they don't, they, they don't, they don't have any documentation. They don't have uh, the right robe that they're supposed to be wearing. They don't have all the little knickknacks and things that you're supposed to have when you're educated and when you're superior and when you're up there. They looked at them. And basically what they were looking at were ex-fishermen. They were able to recognize just like Jesus was able to recognize their heart, they were able to recognize that these men were not educated. And yet, look at that. They were able to have a man that was completely paralyzed be made whole in his legs and walk. They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant. Oh, gee whiz. You know, you don't have to be so uh, judgmental. It's one thing to be unlearned, but it's another thing to be ignorant. And they called them ignorant. And they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now, I want to stall there for a little bit more, but we're running out of time. And that is the fact that it says in verse 14, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Just like Jesus said, He that is without sin, cast the first stone. Just like Jesus said, what's easier to say to the man? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk and go home. In other words, they never could counter Jesus. Because the word was always for the right time, for the right person, at the right season. Everything was always at the right place. It worked out because God was in control. And he's in control of your life if you'll let him. I said he is in control of your life if you'll let him. Well, until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. I'm looking forward to that new body. Believe me, I'm looking forward. So should you. Keep looking up. The Lord Jesus truly bless you. Amen.